Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode of Switchcraft is brought to you by patrons like ResDTV. Support Switchcraft and my other content for as little as a dollar at patreon.com slash run jump stomp. Also by Audible. Get two free books when you sign up at runjumpstomp.com slash audible. So those of you that have been around a while probably know that I have been remodeling my house for the past few months. I built a, well, I built, I paid someone to build a podcast studio upstairs as well as a bedroom upstairs. Uh, I've still had to do a lot of work on it and there's still some work to finish, but we finished the bedroom yesterday uh, with the exception of a couple of closet doors. Well, what does that mean? Well, it means that we've got to move stuff up and that's going to take most of the day. So that's why I'm recording this episode early. So you'll probably see it in your feed earlier than you're used to. And that also means that there might be news that comes today Uh, If it comes out on the 29th that I'm going to miss out on. Nothing we can really do about that. Uh, Just a confluence of events. But let's jump right in with feedback. Got a review of the show on iTunes from N64Josh. Who, by the way, if you don't know, he's the host of a podcast that I listen to called Nintendo Powercast. I've actually guested on it once. And he's actually guested on my show once as well. And you should definitely check out his show. Um... He said, this guy's killing it. Running a solo show is extremely difficult, and he's not wrong about that. It is, it is difficult to talk to yourself, but I just pretend I'm talking to you guys. Um, you are killing it, my friend. Thanks for the great content. Keep it up. Also, Wrecking Crew music for the win. Now, he is a, an aficionado of retro stuff, but I'm sorry, Josh, you got this one wrong. That The music that you usually, up until this episode, which is funny, I'll explain in a minute, the music that you usually heard at the beginning of the episode is from Balloon Fight, which uh, is a game made by Satoru Iwata. Uh, so anyway, I am replacing that music, please don't get out your pitchforks, um, with a remix of the Balloon Trip music. So uh, that music that you're going to hear... Did they hear it already? Yes, the music that you've already heard. I was trying to figure out how I put the episodes together. Uh, But the music that you've already heard is a Balloon Trip remix by Noteblock. And there's a link at the bottom of the show notes for you guys to check out. I also was tweeted at by Joe Barrett. He said, love the podcast and really enjoy the old Nintendo commercials. Reminds me of my childhood. Keep up the great work. Um, Thank you very much for... Uh, getting in contact with me, Joe. Uh, if you're looking for a way to get in contact with me, make sure that you do at Run Jump Stomp on Twitter. All right, let's jump into the news. Come back here, you overgrown fuzzball. That's our Donkey Kong. One of the games that I have played most on a portable console is probably Namco Museum. 
Uh, and Namco Museum has now come out for the Switch. I have had almost no time to play it. I probably played it for maybe 10 minutes at most. Uh, so I'm giving you my quick initial impressions, and maybe I'll talk about it more in the future. The thing about it is I don't want to talk about the gameplay of the specific games because they're all different and some games are going to appeal to you whereas other games are going to appeal to other people. And I just want to talk about the overall um, look and feel of the game. Um, not the game, of the, the, the thing that holds all of the games together. Man, the cars going by are really loud. I cannot wait to get some, some more stuff in this room to get rid of the, the sound. Uh, anyway, sorry. Uh, so it's here. Uh, let's talk about the first thing that I noticed, which was really cool, is when you hit the R button, it brings up the options, and it allows you to rotate um, the display 90 degrees so you can actually have a vertical screen, which is very crazy. Um, I don't know if any of you know, but old arcades used to have vertical screens, uh, so they would be very, very tall screens. And it's very neat to see um, you can rotate the screen so that it's vertical and then you can zoom in to make it, uh, make it take up more of the screen. I really like that. And I think that Namco should make like a hardware solution for this where it looks like an arcade cabinet and you can slide your switch in from above uh, to play their games in. I know that not many people would do that, would play those, or would buy that, but I'm sure some would, and I'm, I think it's really cool that we can play these games sideways. Something else that I really liked is that each game has its own suspend, so you can come back later. So let's say you're playing Pac-Man, and you're like, well, I feel like playing Dig Dug for a while. You switch over to Dig Dug, and um, it, it saves exactly where you were in Pac-Man, so maybe you die in Dig Dug, and you're like, well, let's go back and play some more Pac-Man. It picks up right where you left off, which is very cool. And then I even tested it. If you leave the game and come back, all of the individual save states for each game are still there. So if I stop playing Namco Museum and I load up um, Splatoon 2, for example, and then, uh, you know, I, I play a few rounds of, uh, of Tower Control or whatever, and I finish playing Splatoon and I go back to Namco Museum... My Pac-Man save is right where I left off. My Dig Dug save is where I left off. Rolling Thunder, right where I left off. And I think that that's really cool. Um, so Namco Museum, for $30, I think, it's a good, I think it's a good deal. I know that some people are like, uh, I think it's a little too much. I think the, the perfect price point would have been $20. But I appreciate the amount of thought and care that went into making this, and I, I I don't feel like it was just hastily slapped together. I feel like Namco, Bandai Namco, did a good job with this. And my phone's ringing. Of course it is, as it always seems to when I'm recording. So let's move on to uh, Salmon Run. Oh, no, Mario. We've got to do something. I got it. You help us find Donkey Kong, and we'll help you find Herman. So in the last segment, I talked a little bit about Splatoon 2. We have a little bit more to talk about for Splatoon 2. Uh, Salmon Run is making some changes. They're going from 12-hour windows to 24-hour windows. For those of you that don't know what I'm talking about, uh, Salmon Run is a mode in Splatoon 2 where four players get together, and it's basically horde mode. You get a bunch of monsters coming up out of the water, and you have to fight them back and collect some eggs and put them in a basket. It sounds stupid. It's awesome. 
you should definitely check it out. The The issue with uh, Salmon Run is that Salmon Run is designed, well not designed, Salmon Run is limited. And the way that Nintendo has limited Salmon Run is that they've made it so that you can only play it at certain times, which really kind of bothers me quite a bit. Um, the main reason it bothers me is because this is the one mode where I can find one other friend and say, hey, let's go ahead and queue up, even if we don't have a full team, and we can just get randos to fill in our team, and then we can play together and guaranteed to be on the same team. This is the one mode where Nintendo really got it right, and then they limited how often you can play it. Well, it looks like they're changing from 12-hour windows of it being available to 24-hour windows, which is great because 12-hour windows... That means that if it's uh, on a certain day, you can only, you know, maybe your schedule on that day doesn't line up for when you can play. Um, let's take a look at the current schedule. Uh, so on yesterday, uh, Salmon Run was available 8 p.m. to 8 p.m. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, 8 p.m. Gosh, I can't talk. All right, so yesterday... It was available from 8 p.m. yesterday to 8 p.m. today. So that's a 24-hour period. It won't be available on the 29th after 8 p.m., but then it'll come back on the 30th at 8 p.m. until the 31st at 8 p.m. Um, then on the 1st from 2 p.m. to 2 p.m. on the next day. So not only are they changing from 12-hour slots, but they're also changing when these slots start and stop, which I think is great. Um, I still think that it would be better if they would just leave it open all the time so that I could always play it. And Nintendo will tell you, uh, well, if you always want to play Salmon Run, you can always play it locally, um, which is fine if you have three other friends who also have Switches. I, I know one other person in real life that has a Switch, and everybody else that I know that has a Switch, I know them online. So... That's not available to me, and for Nintendo to say that that's really the best solution is kind of ridiculous. Uh, it's still kind of a wonky schedule. I don't like that it is limited, but at least they seem to be um, listening. Now, it might just be that this happens to be how they changed it this week, and maybe they'll go back to 12-hour uh, salmon run shifts later on, or maybe all the way down to six hours salmon run shifts, or maybe it'll only be available for one hour. We really don't know because again, Nintendo not terribly transparent when it comes to telling their customers information. Uh, speaking of Splatoon, we've also got a new weapon coming out later today. Uh, that is called the, I've forgotten the name of it, the dual squelcher. It should come out if you are in 11 a.m. Tokyo time, uh, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, um, and in the U.K., like 3 a.m. to 4, 4 a.m. Uh, so anyway, it's kind of cool. It comes with, let's see, it's a it's a splat dually style weapon, and it comes with a point sensor, which allows, I think it allows your, you and your team to see where the enemy is, which is very cool. Um, if you see one of these little radars on the screen from your enemy team, shoot it and break it so that they don't know where you are. And then the sub-weapon is the Tenta Missiles as the special, uh, which is kind of cool. Um, I, I, inc incidentally, I saw on Twitter, uh, gosh, I can't remember who it was. I think it was 
uh, Chris Becker, who I follow, uh, he had said, don't forget to go back to your base. So you can you can super jump. A lot of people know, don't know this. So in Splatoon 2, when you are at your base, you can super jump to other members of your team. So you bring up the map and you hit the right button combination. You'll fly over and land next to your teammate. You don't have to be at your base to do that. And you can also always super jump back to your base. Now, why would you do that? Because if you are at your base, you can see the entire map and the Tenta missiles will automatically target everybody that they can see. So uh, Chris had posted on Twitter, remember, jump back to your base before you use your special because you see everybody on the map and you can target everybody because the Tenta missiles basically see through walls and they hit everybody that is within the reticle. And the farther away, the more enemies you can fit in the reticle. So there's just a little uh, pro tip for you from Chris. Um, let's jump into the next topic, which is... Oof, not good news. The Legend of Zelda continues. Defeat your enemies and save the kingdom. Metroid Samus Returns is a remake of... Metroid 2, which was originally a Game Boy game, and it's coming to the uh, 3DS later this year. Um, if Nintendo had only announced this, then people would have gone nuts, but they also had announced that we're going to be getting Metroid Prime 4 sometime in the future. This is not about that. This is all about the 3DS game, which I know we're talking on Switchcraft, but you guys know it's really more of a general Nintendo show. Um why am I talking about it? It's not out yet. Well, here's why I'm talking about it. It's got a hard mode. I believe it's called Fusion Mode. And Fusion Mode is locked behind Amiibo. Now, there's a couple of things here that make this um, an arguable point. First off, it's a hard mode. Most people probably wouldn't bother with hard mode anyway. I say that with pretty much pretty. I'm pretty confident about that. That that most people would play through the the regular mode, and then they'd be done with the game. However, that's not everybody. There are some people who want to experience every part of the game, and Nintendo is taking a hard mode of the game and locking it behind an amiibo, specifically the um, the squishy amiibo. Now, here's why I have a problem with this. I don't particularly have a problem with locking content behind Amiibo as long as that content is also accessible through the game. Like maybe if you 100% the regular game, then it unlocks uh, hard mode. But if you just buy the Amiibo, then you don't have to 100% the original game in order to get the hard mode. I think that that would be a better solution. Nintendo has confirmed that there is no way to get this content other than the Amiibo. Here's my uh, another problem with locking it behind Amiibo. Sometimes Amiibo are hard to find. Most times Amiibo are hard to find. And getting your hands on this Amiibo is going to be difficult. It's a very, very cool-looking little plastic figure. Speaking of plastic figures, there are some people who don't want plastic crap in their house. I'm not one of those people. I have I, I like Amiibo. I think that they're cool. Um, I think that they're well-made. And I like having Amiibo around the house. Plus, my son uses them in the in the games as well. Uh, so that that's not me. But there's a lot of people who have absolutely zero interest in collecting this stuff. 
So there's no way for them to get at this content without buying something that they don't even want. I might even be okay if hard mode was also available as a DLC that you had to pay for. Maybe it's $7 for the DLC because you're not getting a plastic figure with it. People who are buying Amiibo, I think that most of them are buying the Amiibo because they like the figure and the other stuff is just bonus. And for the most part, most of the things that we've gotten through Amiibo have been cosmetic, not super important. And there there are exceptions to the rule. Um, there was a hard mode in Twilight Princess that was locked behind having the Ganon Amiibo. Basically, if you scanned in the Ganon Amiibo, it made everybody hit harder or made you heal slower, something like that. I can't remember. I don't have the Ganon Amiibo. Um, Splatoon 2 had, or no, Splatoon 1 had certain modes. I never even played them. Uh, Hidden behind, locked behind Amiibo. So this is not a new thing for Nintendo. I don't know why people are surprised, but I do understand why people are upset about this. And I think that this is something this is something that Nintendo needs to remedy. They need to give an option to people who either don't want or can't find the little plastic figures. And then we can even take this a step farther. There's another problem here. What if you have a 3DS that doesn't have amiibo functionality? Now, you have to buy the amiibo, which I believe only comes in a pack of two. It comes with a Samus amiibo and the Metroid Amiibo. You have to buy both of them, and that my guess is with two in there, it's probably about $35 to buy the one that you want. But maybe you have an original 3DS, uh, which didn't have Amiibo functionality. Now, you have to go out and you have to buy the um, the little Amiibo reader, which, which takes your NFC and converts it into infrared. Um, we picked one up for my son because he liked uh, Animal Crossing and wanted to scan in the Animal Crossing Amiibo. Um, it's just convoluted. It's not the best way to do things. And I think that Nintendo could do better if they had only locked behind, uh, having these amiibos, silly things like sound tests or concept art, that kind of stuff that I would be totally fine with, but leaving an entire mode of the game behind amiibo, I think that's a problem. Again, if they had also given you the option to unlock it in the game or to pay to unlock it in the game without having to um, become a detective and find plastic crap, I think that that would be better. Um, But Nintendo is not reticent to listen to us, so my guess is that we'll probably see more stuff like this, and that's not good. Uh, Dr. Panda, who is currently listening live, he's a patron, and you can listen live if you are a patron, Uh, he says that I think it's totally fine if they're available, because because it's the same thing they did with Master Mode with the Zelda DLC, and this way it's cheaper, and you get a cool figure. Well, I certainly don't think it's cheaper, It's, it's more expensive, because I think you have to buy both Amiibo in order to get just the one that you want. Uh, There is another advantage to this that I did not think of until just now, and that's that if you have it, then if you have that amiibo, 
you can just buy it and you can share it with your friends. So you can say, here, I've got the Metroid uh, Amiibo and all of your friends can scan in that one Amiibo and it unlocks the DLC. Well, it's DLC. I don't know if it's DLC. It unlocks the, the, the hard mode for everybody. So if you have a bunch of friends that all have all these different Amiibo, then you guys can kind of work out, all right, well, I'm going to buy this one and you buy that one. And while that's a solution, it's certainly not an elegant one. And I think that Nintendo needs to find a way to fix this, but I don't think that they will. Takahashi Machizuki, who is a world, world, a Wall Street Journal writer, uh, he had tweeted out that Capcom has told him that they had sold 450,000 units of Ultra Street Fighter 2, which is above expectation. This really surprised me, and I'm, apparently it also surprised Capcom, because a lot of people were complaining about the price of the game. I believe it was $30, and a lot of people said, well, it probably would be better at $20. And I agree, it would have been better at $20. However, as somebody who didn't have any copies of Street Fighter II um, available to them, I mean, I had Street Fighter II on my Super Nintendo back in the day, but I don't currently have a way to play Street Fighter II anywhere. I felt like I wanted to have this, and $30 was okay, although I, I do think that a, a $20 price point would have, they would have moved a lot more units. But anyway, they seem pretty happy with 450,000 units. Happy enough that they have said they're also starting to prepare multiple Switch version titles. So it looks like um, third-party games on the Switch are selling, which is not usually the case on Nintendo systems. Most of the time, Nintendo systems, the people who buy them end up buying just the first-party stuff because most of the time they're playing that third-party stuff elsewhere. The fact that people can take this with them makes people more likely, at least for me, it makes me more likely to want to buy a game on the Switch, even if it won't look as good as it would on the PS4. I can take it with me, and I can play it wherever I am. I'm not locked to one place. And I think that Nintendo has really hit the mark here with how um, having the system portable is going to fix most of the problems that they've had in the past. And we are now into the lightning round. Uh, Retro City Rampage coming August 3rd. Very excited for that game. I have the original on the... Do I have it on Steam? I think I may have gotten it through like Humble Bundle on Steam, but I also have it on 3DS. But I would prefer to have it on my Switch because I never actually play my 3DS anymore. Uh, So if you don't know what this is, basically it's a top-down game. It's got lots of... Gosh, I don't even know how to describe it. It's a retro-style game, but it has lots of pop culture references in it. Um, very humorous. Uh, definitely check it out. Um, the next thing in the in a lightning round is Dragon Quest Eleven: Echoes of an Elusive Age. Really long title. They should change that. Uh, it's coming to the West, so this is going to be in 2018. They have not said which platform, so hopefully it's not just PS4, but... Um, I'm excited because I have not played a Dragon Quest game since the original Dragon Quest on the NES. Um, and I'm interested to see how it is. So 
Um, coming in 2018, that means it's going to be localized. A lot of people were worried that it was going to be a Japan-only game because Square Enix tends to do that sometimes. And um, we're excited that we're going to be getting an English version. Uh, or at least I'm excited that we're going to, going to be getting that. Um, Mario, this is hilarious. There is a sealed copy of Super Mario Brothers. Uh, went on eBay. It sold for 30 thousand dollars which is absolutely bananas it even it it even still has um like the the price sticker on it and it was one of the first runs of the game which it had like this little perforated circle in the back where you could where if you worked in this in the store you could um they had like uh, racks of them and you could push whoops i just hit the microphone you could push um the the rack through that perforated circle to hang it up on the wall um very very rare to find one of these and thirty thousand dollars is a lot of money for a video game though um i think that might be more than um stadium events it sells for but again this is a sealed copy so I guess the the rumors are that there's only about 12 of these in the whole world. Uh, last thing in the uh, lightning round is that the Nintendo Switch online app was apparently downloaded by only 17% of Switch owners. Now, this comes from VentureBeat, who got the numbers from um, Sensor Tower, which is a market analyst. So this is not anything that we actually know for sure. This is all analysis being done to data that that they're collecting independently outside of Nintendo. Um, Why such a low percentage? Well, I think that it's because you don't need the app in order to play online. And a lot of people uh, are just fine playing without voice chat, or they're probably using Discord. And they're just leaving the the online part out altogether. Another reason is that it only supports one game right now. If uh, ARMS gets updated or Mario Kart 8 gets updated to uh, include functionality in the um, online app, then I think that we would see more um, usage. And I think that we'd pro- we will probably see more in the future as new titles come out. Um, but here's my question to you guys as we wrap up the show. Do you want arms and um mario kart 8 to have like their their own little platforms inside this app or do you think that nintendo is going to leave those out of it because they came out before the app let me know what you think whoa nice graphics i'd like to get my hands on that game all right everybody that's all the time that we have for today if there's a story i missed let me know you can do so by emailing me we talked about that at the top of the show runjumpstomp at gmail.com you can call 260-RUN-JUMP that's 260-786-5867 you can get on the discord and have a conversation with us uh, runjumpstomp.com slash discord and of course stop by the live stream sometime twitch.tv slash run jump stomp if you're looking for ways to support the show my wife makes zippered pouches as well as um, uh, dock socks for the nintendo switch Uh, you can find those at our etsy shop you can join the patreon as i have some patrons currently listening to me record this live that's one of the benefits Uh, there's other benefits that you get for as little as a dollar and um, there's other ways to support the show um, give a review on iTunes. And if, if you're looking for any of this stuff, just head on over to runjumpstomp.com support uh, for more information on how you can support the show. 
Uh, special thanks, special thanks go out to Noteblock for allowing me to use the Balloon Trip Remix. Make sure that you guys go and check out their YouTube channel. They make a lot of cool video game themed uh, music. And the, that's the intro theme. The outro theme is actually Adventure Island Area 1, Round 2, by June, June uh, Chikuma. But anyway, thank you guys for listening, and I will see you guys next time. Bye-bye. Witchcraft is brought to you by Audible. Audible is the publisher and distributor of the world's largest selection of digital audiobooks and spoken word content. Audible customers can listen anytime and anywhere they like to professionally narrated audiobooks across a wide range of genres, including bestsellers, new releases, sci-fi, romances, classics, and more. Get two free audiobooks to start. After 30 days, if you decide to cancel you get to keep the books. If you decide to stay on, and you probably will, get one book every month for $14.95. In addition, you also get 30% off the price of additional audiobook purchases. Cancel anytime. Your books are yours to keep, even if you cancel. You can sign up today for your free 30-day trial at runjumpstomp.com audible.